Welcome to the 8th edition of HGF's Fashionably IP podcast. My name's Rebecca Field, I'm a Chartered Trademark Attorney at IP law firm HGF and I'm joined by my colleague Lee Curtis, also a Chartered Trademark Attorney at HGF. Hello and Merry Christmas to everyone listening. Well, this podcast will be slightly different to the ones that have gone before because it's a Christmas special. So Merry Christmas to all our listeners and members of the LinkedIn Fashion and IP group, which now has a total of over 12,000 members. Even though it is Christmas, I have to say again, as I have with all our Fashionably IP podcasts, this podcast is not legal advice. And if you have any queries on the points we have raised, please contact us direct at either rfield at hdf.com or lee at alcurtis at hdf.com. As I said, this podcast is a special one because it's a Christmas special. So what are we going to talk about in this very special end of year podcast, Lee? Well, we thought this podcast uh, would concentrate on Father Christmas, a.k.a. Santa Claus or St. Nicholas. It will still have a fashion spin in that we thought we would provide a summary of the different design and trademark rights, whether registered or unregistered, that Father Christmas might have obtained if he had thought about IP protection before starting out on giving joy to children across the world. Now, we will look through design and trademark protection here with UK or EU glasses. After all, Father Christmas is allegedly from Lapland in Finland. Also, when thinking about Santa's outfit, we will consider uh, his famed costume of red and white. Now, this look of Father Christmas's outfit uh, we have in mind is arguably that of the 1931 advertising campaign of Coca-Cola. To be clear, Coca-Cola did not invent Father Christmas. But to quote Coca-Cola's website, before 1931, there were many different depictions of Santa Claus across the world, including a tall, gaunt man and an elf. There even was a scary clause. But in 1931, Coca-Cola commissioned illustrator Hayden Sandblom to paint Father Christmas for their Christmas advertisements. Those paintings have established Santa as a warm, happy character with human features, including rosy cheeks, a white beard, twinkling eyes and laughter lines. Also, I would add that the outfit was in the colours of Coca-Cola, red and white. Father Christmas has often been shown in green outfits historically. Uh, Sunblum drew inspiration from the 1822 poem of Clement Clark Moore called A Visit of St Nicholas, uh, but this is more commonly known as Twas the Night Before Christmas. So Father Christmas had been setting up his toy and joy distribution business and had not disclosed any of his designs to the world. What sort of unregistered design rights could he have achieved in his outfit, Rebecca, in the UK and the EU? Well, presuming that he had not disclosed his designs to the world, then on disclosure in the EU, Lapland being in northern Finland and a part of the EU, his outfit would have benefited from EU unregistered design right on being made available or disclosed to the public. This would protect the shape and configuration of the outfit and its colours, lines, texture, ornamentation and contours, amongst other design aspects. Now, it would have to be novel, so not identical to what has gone before, and have individual character, so to give a different impression to what has gone before as well. Whether that criteria could be established in Santa's outfit is open to question. 
But it should be remembered that in the Karen Millen case before the Irish courts on EU unregistered design rights established that the combination of a series of relatively non-distinctive elements can lead to a protectable combination under EU unregistered design rights. So yes, the protection of Father Christmas's outfit might be narrow under EU unregistered design right, but it could well subsist. EU unregistered design right lasts three years from first disclosure, so it is a relatively short design right and was designed for fast fashion or one season fashion ranges, which possibly doesn't suit the longevity of Father Christmas and his outfit. But it can be a very powerful fashion design right. I should make clear that EU unregistered design right is not a monopoly right, as you have to prove copying to show infringement. Also, there is a question over where where the design has to be disclosed for the first time to obtain EU unregistered design right. Although at present there has been no cases decided on the issue before the Court of Justice of the European Union, the CJEU, one was progressing at Beverly Hills Teddy Bear Company and PMS International Group PLC, but that case was ultimately settled. The general consensus seems to be that to obtain EU unregistered design right protection, that one has to disclose the design for the first time in the EU to obtain EU unregistered design right protection. Now, that shouldn't be a problem for Santa, as it is likely that he would have disclosed his design on a catwalk in Lapland, Finland. However, it does impact on whether he could obtain unregistered design right protection elsewhere, doesn't it, Lee? Most notably in the UK. Indeed it does, Rebecca. Now, assuming Father Christmas is disclosing his outfit design now, so in a post-Brexit world, he potentially could benefit from UK and registered design right, which extends to the shape and configuration of the outfit, and indeed UK supplementary and registered design right, which applies to aspects of colour, texture, ornamentation and the like. UK and registered uh, design right lasts 15 years from first creation, or 10 years from first sale, and UK supplementary unregistered design right lasts three years. However, to obtain such rights, disclosure must uh, be for the first time in the UK. Now, such disclosure for the first time in Lapland means that Santa would not benefit from UK unregistered design rights unless he broadcast his catwalk show simultaneously to viewers in the UK. Again, there's been no case law on this issue, but Father Christmas would at least have had an arguable case of first disclosure in the UK if he undertook such uh, a live stream show to viewers in the UK. However, there is another complication with at least UK and registered design right in that to benefit from the right which protects shape and configuration, the designer must be UK national or a national of a limited number of states such as New Zealand or Hong Kong. This requirement does not apply to UK supplementary unregistered design right. Now, it is clear that Father Christmas is not British. It is understood that St. Nicholas was from the port city of Mira in Asia Minor, which is now the modern-day city of Dirma in Turkey, but he ultimately appears to have been Greek, it seems. This would suggest that he designed his outf- if he designed his outfit, he would not benefit from UK unregistered design right protection in the shape and configuration although he might benefit from UK supplementary unregistered design right if there was a simultaneous disclosure into the UK. Also, to benefit from UK unregistered design right, the design must be original. There is no definition of original, but it can't be commonplace. Unregistered design right protection in the UK and EU is highly complex. 
Although Father Christmas may be able to obtain instantaneous delivery of presents across the world on Christmas Eve, he doesn't seem to have the power to get round issues associated with first disclosure and Brexit when one comes to unregistered design right in the UK and EU. And there is a drawback that he would have to show copying to prove infringement. Uh, but what about registered uh, design right protection, Rebecca? Well, Father Christmas could look to register the design of his outfit via UK and EU design applications, for example. There are no nationality issues to contend with there, and the advantage is he does not have to prove copying to show infringement. He would also have a one-year grace period from first disclosure by himself to consider whether to file a UK and or an EU design application. He could check out whether his new venture and outfit would be a success in that one year. However, We would generally have advised Father Christmas to file any UK and EU design applications before disclosure and maybe to have considered deferred publication if he was concerned about competitors seeing his new outfit. He could defer publication for up to 12 months from the filing date in the UK and 30 months from the filing date of the EU design application. Also, there are complications with the fact that many countries do not have any grace periods for design disclosure. So unless Father Christmas utilised the six-month priority period, he could be barred from obtaining registered design protection in other states, such as China. Now, the UK IPO and the EU IPO only perform a formalities examination for UK and EU design applications. They do not undergo novelty examination. So it would be almost guaranteed that Father Christmas would obtain a design registration. EU design registrations can be granted in a few weeks, often much sooner, and a UK design registration in a month or so. The cost of registered design protection is relatively low. Validity is not tested until a UK or EU design registration is challenged by a third party, and generally that would have been based on an allegation that the design was not new or didn't have individual character. UK and EU design registrations can last up to 25 years and they're renewable every five years. They protect the overall look of a design, such as colour, lines, contour and shape and configuration. However, if we were advising Santa on his design filing strategy, we would advise utilising multiple design filings under single applications in the UK and the EU. Also, we would suggest that multiple designs cover the whole designs and then individual aspects of the design of the outfit, utilising disclaimers. This would enable Father Christmas to maximise his range of registered design protection. Now, both unregistered and registered design protection does have a limited duration. Lee, could Father Christmas benefit from any other forms of IP protection in his outfit? Well, in the UK and common law countries of the EU, such as Ireland, Malta and Cyprus, it is possible with time that his outfit might potentially be protectable under the common law tort of passing off. Father Christmas's outfit is iconic and he could now argue with use that he'd used the outfit for a sufficient period of time to establish goodwill in the business of distributing presents across the globe. However, it is notoriously hard to protect elements of fashion design under common law. And there is a question of whether he's he's selling an outfit or using an outfit to market an undertaking, i.e. distributing toys. Also, registered trademark protection should not be overlooked. 
Although undoubtedly trying to register the design as an outfit, a trademark would probably encounter an objection as to its inherent distinctiveness. It is possible that Father Christmas could obtain registered trademark protection based on acquired distinctiveness through use. However, again, that would be hard to achieve. And again, we would question whether what Father Christmas is selling is his outfit, uh, the outfit itself, or is it a delivery service? We hope that you've enjoyed our eighth Fashionably IP podcast and this special Christmas edition. More podcasts will follow in the months to come. Please feel free to share this podcast and rate on the various platforms. Also feel free, if you've not already done so, to listen to our previous podcasts, which are all available. Thank you for listening and Merry Christmas from myself and all at HGF. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.